Hey there. Welcome to the conversation. Kevin is my guest this week, and we start by talking about mental health and therapy, and then we also dive into creativity and self-development. All of this stuff comes together really, really well. Um, I've recorded a podcast episode with Kevin before, um, just a really good back and forth. More of that going on here. I know you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. As, as always, these are open and honest and direct. Um, well, there's there's just a lot here for you to uh, to dive into. So we're really excited for you to listen. If you're not connected with him already, I do have Kevin's Instagram linked up in the show notes. And without further ado, here's Kevin. So, uh, Kevin, after about 10, 12 minutes of just having a really, really excellent conversation on uh, mental health, men's mental health, and and all types of things, it's it's probably time that we record, right? Just just get some of this stuff on the record. <laughs> that might be a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and and this was um I, I I think it's it's great that we have a lot of awareness around this stuff now. Yeah. But man, I mean, just based on what we've been talking about, there's, there's, there's a lot of work that we, we still have to do. Um, Definitely. Yeah. When, when did things kind of shift for you? Because I mean, the, the, the story is none of us were really raised on how to feel emotions, handle emotions, express them. When did you start to look at these things from more of, I guess, more of a, a, a introspective uh, emotional point of view? That's, that's such a great question. I, you know, I, I've had so many um, in the last probably two to three years, things that have happened to sort of shift my the, the paradigm in, as, a, as it relates to mental health with men and specifically myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I can, I guess, speak to more specifically. Um, my father passed away in 2020. And uh, we had a decent relationship. I, I loved my father. My parents were not married long, um, but uh, my father died during COVID. He didn't die from COVID, but he did die during that time. And I really started to kind of soul search and think about, you know, what things I might have wanted to say to him that I didn't get an opportunity to do. He was a very, um, you know, he came from a time where, you know, he towards the end of his life, he told me all the time, every time he spoke with me that I love you, dad, I love you, son, call me more often, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, towards the end of his life, um, we were able to make those connections. And, and I, I know that he knows that I loved him and he loved me a great, you know, a great deal. Um, but I wanted to make sure also that I was dealing with my own feelings when it came to love and supporting my own children and my own uh, spouse, you know, that I'm open enough to be able to to be vulnerable to them. And sometimes, even if you think you can be vulnerable, it still takes a lot of time. And and I did have some some things that happened to me that I've only shared with, you know, a couple of people in my life, like my wife, about some childhood traumas and things of that nature that that kind of closed me off to specifically men and and developing um more of a, a space where I could share intimately what was going on with me. Does that make sense? So, um, you know, that's a part of this whole process kind of rolling out. And then like I told, I was telling you earlier today when I was thinking about last month or the month before when the young man Twitch passed away or decided to 
this new term about unaliving yourself or whatever, I don't, you know, whatever they say, but, you know, he took his own life and it just seemed like um, it was at a point where he was doing so well and things were going, you know, swimmingly for him, but he decided that, you know, the pain was so unbearable that he decided to, to not be here anymore. And it really just struck me as like, where do we get to a point or why do we get to a point where we cannot be honest enough with somebody in our lives, somebody, I'm not saying everybody, but at least somebody to say, Hey, I'm hurting and I need help. You know, I think, I think that uh, we're at a point now, or I think men are at a point now, we were kind of talking about this where, you know, there's nothing to lose. You might as well, you know, take the mask off and find somebody that you could be, uh, that you could feel comfortable with and develop, uh, you know, a relationship and a rapport with that you can kind of share some of the things that you're going through. Um, but you, you know, of course, men, uh, overall, we can be some sort, some sign, sometimes tie, uh, kind of, uh, you know, guarded with our hearts and some of the things that we want to share. So, you know, it takes time to develop those relationships. And so, uh, I just don't ever want there to be a problem with, um, somebody reaching out or not having an opportunity to reach out to somebody because nobody made themselves um, available. So I, and I think there's, I think there's a number of, of things actually to come back to on this. The, the first one that I kind of smiled, I smiled a little bit because you're like, well, people are saying unalive, unalive. And I think that started because on TikTok, you can't say the word suicide. So Is that where that came I from? Think I I'm almost, I'm almost sure because if you notice when you watch a, a TikTok video, it's always yeah. unalive, unalive, unalive. Um, I've never looked that up, but I, but, I'm but just that could be a that. pretty good theory there, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where, so that's something that, that I noticed now, another thing. And I, and I think this, so this gets into it. You, you hear this all the time where, um, you know, Oh, these, these celebrities or these super high performers, they're, they've they've accomplished so much like they've had everything how could it how could they you know have all this going on in their head but and I still yeah. but I think there's something that's very that, that we all have seen with people in our lives and maybe to some extent have experienced which is you run from the pain and what do you do when you run from the pain a lot of times people hide that in their profession. I mean, you will see extraordinary talents, extraordinary work ethics, things that 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 are put on a pedestal. If we're talking about things that have traditionally been put on a pedestal for men, these high achieving, these ultimate high performing, all of these things. I mean, these these are like the in some cases, you know, um, every man wants to be with wants to be this guy. Every woman wants to to be with this man, like these old cliches and stuff. But I mean, a lot of these a lot of these high performers, it's, it's, it's a lot of times what we talk about in health and fitness is everybody's doing the actions, but you don't see what's driving them. And if you've got somebody that is running away and you mentioned having past traumas and, and you and I have talked a little bit about some that, that I have as, as, as well, when yeah. you're, when you lock those away, yeah, you, you, you are thinking, Hey, I'm pushing this off to the side. I'm not going to deal with it. But we all know it doesn't really go away. It starts yeah. seeping in years, decades later, and then it 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 ends up taking over. And then you have this, I, I think you have this cloud that 
that just it 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 can overtake your life but you are doing this thing that you've always done to escape in this case when we're talking about twitch you know all the work that he did as talented as he was how happy as he seemed he was putting on the face yeah. and i think this is the example of um you know you you really do not know what somebody's going through now another another thing that you mentioned and i think we um i think we yes we need to be made available people close to individuals need to be available to them but all of this comes back to safety safety in yeah. relationships and the hard part for a lot of a, a lot of people but we'll say in this case men i think is if you're in a committed relationship and you actually feel safe with your partner and open to communicate that's not something that everybody has one and yeah. two as you've i mean as as you've said in conversation here being able to open up even with that person that you do feel safe and comfortable with that's not the easiest thing to do so i think it's being able to open up but it's being able to open up in in the in in the deepest most intimate way which i think again there's probably guys hearing this that are like communicate in a deeply intimate way. I either, I'm not going to do that or right. how do I actually do that? Cause we're right, right. taught, right? Like we right. weren't taught how to do it. I think you're right with that. Is that, that, that whole phrase in a deep and intimate way, it could be off-putting. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it can be like, well, I'm intrigued, but I don't know even know where to start with that. You know? And I, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, I, I, as the older I get, the more I understand that, you know, if you in life have um, a couple of good friends, maybe two or three, then you're really doing well, mm -hmm. you know, to have really solid friends. And when I say solid friends, they don't have to talk to them every day and that kind of thing. But people that you know, you can, you know, kind of rely on and, and depend on and and, and have a, uh, a decent uh, rapport and camaraderie camaraderie with mm -hmm. uh those individuals don't come by that often and like you said you have to feel if you want to be in a safe space where you feel like you can share you don't want people to 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 judge you because of what happened you don't want people to think less of you because you know oh, well why did you do this in that situation or why did you don't no just listen to what i'm saying and how it made me feel and kind of validate where I am and in, in my, in my feelings, you know, we talk about being in our feelings these days, but, you know, sometimes it takes um, finding a person that you can be safe with. And with counseling, you said this earlier, like you've got to find the right fit. I had another friend that told me the exact same thing. She's, she said that she didn't like the counselor that she was with initially. And um, she had another counselor that she had that was in uh, the business for, 40 years and retired on her. And she said, she really liked this person. Mm -hmm. But once they decided they, they were going to retire, she had to find somebody else. And it took, she said, it's like finding a good pair of shoes. You know, you got to find something that's comfortable, but you know, that you can still wear. So, um, you know, there's, there's that whole piece too. If you're looking for somebody uh, professionally to, to get the help from or through, then there's the whole piece of, you know, trying to find out 
if it's going to be something that's mutually beneficial for you and the other person, uh, the counselor. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I wish more people would feel like, you know, the process was something that they would be open to to going into. I I really wish the pro and and I like how you mentioned it as the process of counseling because that's exactly what it is and that was my big my big concern as men's mental health mental health in general started to become very popular and very you know buzzword worthy right is right. that therapy could be presented as as this one you know one size fits all solution and I think again provided you have this this working rapport and relationship with with the counselor and when i say that it's and, and it's what i was telling you before we start recording my therapist can can call me out on things in such a disarming way that my only response is well yeah you're absolutely right so like when you have somebody that can cut through the 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 stuff that you're telling yourself both you know and not in a ah, i got you way but in a very constructive very purposeful, supportive way, it is helpful, but it's, it's, it's hard getting to that point. So, but I do think if you have that type of a relationship with a counselor or a therapist, that is your foundational mental health tool. The problem is it takes time to get there. In most cases, I've talked to a lot of guys where, I mean, one guy I know was going to therapy for over a year before he would even open up. He would go in there for every appointment. And he was just like, you guys that are listening can't see, but he's like sitting there with his arms crossed the entire time and, and didn't want to open up. He finally started to, but it, it does take time. There's, but he kept going. He did. He, he kept did going. Keep going because well, so even, even though his body language from what you're saying was, yes. you know, I'm not for this or, you know, it's going to take a while for before I open up. Obviously there was something in his psyche that said, I need to be here and I need to do this work, but he, he must have been uh, at least felt comfortable enough with the with the uh, person that he was seeing to allow that process to unfold. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think that um, I, I do think it's one of the best tools for mental health. Um, I think having a a professional opinion that you trust that you can work with, uh, I, I think it just everything else ties into it. Um, but I, I do want to talk to you a little bit as far as as the other tools, because I, I look at everything as as we have this collection of tools that we can can use to yes. kind of help ourselves. Um, I know one thing a lot of times you'll hear people say is that uh, the gym is my therapy. I don't think that the gym is anybody's therapy, but I do think it is a very I, I, I think it's a a wonderful tool that has its place that can help you work through things in your head that can help you release emotions that can yeah. help bring clarity. I don't think that's therapy, but I, I think there's a number of things as far as, as tools we can use. Do you have um, a lot of things that you like to do personally that, that help you work through your mental health? What, what are well, some? I will say um, <laughs> I hate to be cliche, but I do enjoy <laughs> You know, the work, the working out that I've been doing the last seven to eight years, because it really has kind of helped me in my headspace, be a little bit more productive, be a little bit more consistent in my life. And I think it does, you know, then you'll talk about the endorphins and all those good things. Um, it does put you in a place where you feel like you can cope. Like, you know, if I could just get 
to my workout this afternoon, then this will help with, you know, how I was feeling today. Um, that's one area that that uh, that helps me. Um, music is another thing that I really, really uh, prescribe to because it just does so much for me. Um, I don't know, you know, if you see me on uh, Instagram or anything, I'm, I'm going to co constantly post something about music because it's just such a part of who I am. Uh, you know, I grew up with a lot of uh, great uh, music in my life. Um, my I remember my parents having great records, my aunts having great records. Um, so, you know, I remember going as a teenager, going to places like Sam Goody. I know I'm making myself old and Tower Records and, you know, just going through the stacks and just losing myself in, in music because it just, you know, it music comes sometimes says what we can't say, you know, and it gives us the emotions that we might be going through that we can't really articulate. But, you know, when we hear it, we know, OK, they got, man, that that emotion right there was was really um illustrated through that piece or that you know that lyric right there that lyric spoke to what i would like to say to that young lady or you know whoever your significant other is you know it just it just fills a void sometimes and um not just listening to music but singing and those types of things i just really enjoy um doing those kinds of things reading is another thing that i en enjoy doing and i like to read you know i'm not a real big self-help book mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. i thought i would be but but you know you you know i i i'm i ascribe to a lot of different things if i read it i'm open to a whole a whole different you know a lot of different things but as far as like just kind of gravitating towards a self-help book that's not really who i am but you know i do do overall enjoy reading as well and traveling so this will be I, I like that you threw traveling in there too and yeah. this is going to be this will be a little bit of a curveball as far as the format of this podcast normally, but given our conversation that we're having here, it fits right in. Um, I want to get your thoughts one on creativity. What yeah. do you think the most misunderstood concept about creativity or being creative? Do you think that's out there? What what's one misconception that most people have? You know, I would say that, you know, because I've got a lot of friends that are creatives. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like a huge slew of my friends are creatives. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes creatives are misunderstood because they can seem aloof or like they don't have it all together or that, you know, they just all want to just do one thing. But most of the creatives that I know are very, very astute, um, very intelligent. You know, they just think differently and you know, approach things differently. So I think when you talk about the creative process and sometimes people feel like it's like all over the place, like it's not linear. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I think that, that some of the creatives that I know are some of the most hardworking people I've ever met. They come up with witty, creative, different ways to do things. Um, they're giving you that, you know, that whole thing about the 10,000 hours going into stuff to, to make sure that their crafts are, are what they need to be and that they're the best at what they're doing. So I would say, think that the, for the, the thing that we're thinking about when it comes to creatives that might be a misnomer is that they're not, you know, that they don't think about what it is that they do. I think that they're, they're very creative and they do think about what they do. 
They just think differently. And I think that once you can kind of understand that, you know, it's not that the person is, you know, not standoffish or or just aloof and doesn't understand how to, to respond socially. I think that they just they they just have a different mindset, a different way of approaching things. And I think sometimes if we can learn, we can learn from different people like that in our circles. You know, if the because not everybody has to think the same way for us to get to a solution. You might see the solution a different way than I do, but if we talk about it together, we can appreciate both persons' uh, points of view, and maybe come up with something that um, is a compromise. So, you know, I think that that's that's probably the best way I could put it. I don't know if that answered so, your question. No, that that does answer my question, and that leads that leads to two points. Which well, one is a question. So I'm assuming. When, when you're talking about the creatives that you know, and they are yeah. approaching their craft, they're approaching the world as a whole from a different perspective. It's not just um, linear thinking and creative thinking. It's probably you have this creative person seeing the world this way, and you yeah. have this other creative person. There might be similar elements between the two, but they've got their entire they have a perspective that's entirely their own. Right. So I think I think that's one thing to call out. The other thing, I think, I think now if you're somebody that can look at the world in a creative way, which to me, my definition of creativity has always been how you as an individual, no matter who you are, how you're able to see the world, internalize it, and then take what you internalize and put it out in the world. Like right. that's the entire thing. Because uh, I would consider you a creative. I would consider most people a creative and see, I was somebody that grew up that was, I, I was one of those people that thought, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body, but I, and this is going to lead into the other thing I wanted to talk to, to you about. We live in a world now where everything is so fast paced. So if, yeah. you're, if you're clinging to, I have to see the world in a very linear, straight and narrow way, you need structure, you need order. Everything outside of that looks like pure chaos. If you're somebody that can operate from a creative way of thinking in the time that we live in now with all the information, with all the perspectives, with all the tools, it's you're it's like a kid in a candy store. You right. have more at your disposal than than ever. And I mean, I so that's a big thing. Is I mean, I, it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, if you think about, I mean, just you know, I know we're we're not talking about this specifically, but think about the pandemic mm -hmm. and how people had to, that were linear thinking when it came to jobs and, mm -hmm. and job performances and things that people had to do, how they had to get creative to keep things going. So what, what seemed foreign last a uh, couple of years ago with people working from home, we'd have, you know, we had, uh, you know, maybe a third or, you know, a quarter of a staff that was doing that. Now we have more people that are speaking out and saying, you know, this, this is something that I could do. I could still be productive. I could still be creative. Uh, I don't need to be inside of your building for you to tell me to do that. I'm going to be responsible enough to get the things done because I can. And now we have people that are listening to that and saying, you know what, you've shown me in the last couple of years, three years that that can be done. So it, ha it, has, it has caused people 
uh, even to kind of expand their own thinking when it comes to those types of things that, like you said, are are linear or we've always done it this way. I think other companies have had to say, well, yeah, it's great that we've always done it this way, but just because we've always done it this way doesn't mean that we have to continue to do it this way. I have, so there are a couple main things that I want people in general to get. This is kind of my life's work. I, I want people that are trying to work through the health and fitness weight loss thing to be yeah. comfortable in their own skin, no matter yeah. what their skin is. Like I want them to be comfortable in it because I hear you. It's an inside out thing. It it just it, it opens up so many different things. Another part is this this open and honest conversation around mental health. But the third part is I want people to discover their own creativity. And oh, that's good. I think so many people have it. Um, I I think with the program that I'm just rolling out, it, this is my podcast, so I can promote it. Of uh, a while of 365, that's actually that's a component of this. There's, there's one book that I want them to read that's done by a, a marketer, Seth Godin, about discovering your own creativity. And then, but beyond that one book, um, and this is actually going to bring me back to the other thing I wanted to ask you about, there is no nonfiction reading or self-help or anything like that, because I, I want your take on self-help. I get, I get benefits from them now listening to them, but yes. it's, it's me listening to them because I'll actually listen to an audio book first thing in the morning when I wake up that is a nonfiction self-help, but that's where my ideas are starting to come from, not from right. what I'm there. The problem I have with self-help is you can continue to go program after program, book after book, and not really do anything other than continually listen to- It just becomes information, but that, nothing yeah, that you exactly. really- practice or do right exactly i think that's where i you know because you have to put legs to it my wife says that all the time she's like you know you can have all the ideas in the world kevin but if you don't put legs to it put legs to it then it's not it's you know it's really not going to do anything for anybody and, and she's right you at some point have to say you know you said daryl at some point okay i'd like to do a podcast but guess what you did you got some things together and you made it happen and you know what? This is what I love about what you do. Your platform, you didn't, you're not, you're not shooting for Joe Rogan right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the same time, you know that you have a healthy platform and you have a you have a wild uh, LF community that you are reaching out to and making some some inroads with. So if it is, you know, that whole thing about the whole cliche, if it is to be, it begins with me. It's really true. You know, if you decided that you have an idea and you act upon that idea and expand upon that idea, you can see that, hey, had I not done this, I would not I may not have known this or, you know, at least I can say at night, even if it fails, that hell, I tried, you know. Well, I gave and, the old college try. And that's the that's the that's the funny thing too is people get so hung up on on failure. Um, right. And it's like, there, there are very few things in life that are actual failures. Failure to me is if you cannot possibly accomplish, you can't attempt it ever again for whatever, right. but like the, 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 the minimal ego bruising that most people yeah. call failure, like that's, that's where you figure things out. And you mentioned right. the podcast and I, so I statistically, I heard this guy say something once where if you, if you do a, if you start a podcast and you do nine episodes, then, or, or 10 episodes, you're in the top 
10% of, of podcasts because a lot of there's a lot of podcasts out there, but they don't make it to 10 episodes. And then it's this thing of if you do a hundred episodes, you're in the top 1% of podcasts. And it's like, I've, I've done that twice and I could do, I was actually, um, and, and all it is, and I actually had this on, on a, on a, a, um, interview I was doing. Somebody's like, well, where do you come up with all those ideas? I'm like, I just, I, I have central things that I talk about now, uh, right. probably a dozen things that I could talk about at any one time. And I could talk about for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. I was like, but I just, whatever I see, whatever I see come up in conversation, whatever I see in, in the world, whatever, just like, whatever, like everything's a topic. It's training yourself to look at something in more of a creative way. And what I wanted to bring this up for is when I started, I had this idea, I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to do daily episodes. They're going to be super short. They're going to be helpful. I'm going to do it every day. I did one episode. And then for six weeks, I sat on it after that first episode because nothing in my mind was good enough. And I finally challenged myself to just being like, well, whatever it is, I'm going to record and release. Record just put it release. out there. And that's been, I mean, that's my philosophy on, on, on everything. And it's like, if I can get people to do that with right. stuff that they try, I mean, I have, it, it's funny because I used to, I, I used to also wonder when I started podcasting, I'm like, oh my gosh, because I don't use any of the equipment. You and I talked about the equipment at the beginning of the call and how it actually does not, it doesn't help the call a lot of the times. But like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not a real podcaster. But then I'm like, these people that would, would make comments about not having the equipment and all this, they have like three episodes. I mean, what are we really comparing here? So, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's this whole thing around failure that people have, and it's just there's a, there's yeah, another topic yeah. for you, my friend. Fear well, I think it's a topic for us. I, I think that's yeah, what I, yeah. What I noticed, there, there are very few people that I will get on a podcast with, and I realize yeah. halfway through they're interviewing me as much as I'm ah. interviewing them. So, yeah, you and I, <laughs> you and I have a future in this. There you uh, go. We really do. So maybe maybe that's something we explore a little bit later. I, I think we I think we can do that. I think, you know, one thing for me, and it's funny because you and I are having this conversation, which is a real, legit, honest conversation. I, I would love to do more podcasting with you. Yeah. The one thing that I've had is in the past I've had set series that I've done with people like, oh, we're gonna do a weekly this, we're gonna do a weekly that. And some of them, uh, my friend Rachel in Australia we did that for the better part of three years and we would just, Oh, record. wow. We okay. would just record. I would get up at, at four 30 in the morning, my time. And she would be up. It was like, it was like Friday night for her. And we would just talk like we would just record things. And these episodes, I mean, they, they were like your, um, your kind of your Joe Rogan esque two and three hours where people are just having a conversation like free. Yeah. And, that went really well. There, there were other ones where like um, one gentleman and I did a weekly series and we did like 50 episodes and, and I'd done some stuff with some of my other friends. But after a while, it, it then just becomes like, well, we've got to do this. You know, it's on the schedule. We have to do it every week. Um, I, I think for you and I, and I can tell you as we're recording here, anytime you have an idea and you have something you want to talk about, let me know and we'll schedule it. Because- okay. As we've as we've determined here, um, we we can go in a number of different directions. Right. So this has been this has been super cool. Awesome, man. So yeah, I, well, I guess with that, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, we'll wrap this one up. As I as I told you guys in the intro, 
Um, make sure that you're connected with Kevin on Instagram. I do have his IG handle linked up in the show notes. But man, this is uh, this is fun. This has been fun, and we're gonna have to do it again soon. What do you think? Always a good time with you, Daryl. Thank you very much for the opportunity again, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you.